A cold coming we had of it, just the worst time of the year for a journey, and such a long journey, the ways deep and the weather sharp, the very dead of winter. So begins T.S. Eliot's poem, Journey of the Magi. And the beginning is itself a quote from a sermon by 17th century Anglican divine Lancelot Andrews. The Eliot poem goes on to describe the difficulty of the Magi's journey. The night fires going out and the lack of shelters and the cities hostile and the towns unfriendly and the villages dirty and charging high prices. A hard time we had of it. At the end, we preferred to travel all night, sleeping in snatches, with the voices singing in our ears, saying that this was all folly. What's never actually described in the poem or in the text that Doug just chanted for us, nor really speculated upon by any of the commentaries that I looked at, is why they came, why the wise men made that journey. What was it that drew them so far away from the East? We know from the opulence of their gifts that these were prominent, wealthy men, probably quite esteemed astrologers or seers in their own culture. So what prompted them to leave their comfort and privilege to set out on this long, hard journey in the dead of winter? And what kept them going through those hardships, never even knowing what it was that they were heading toward or what they would find when they got there? The wise men themselves actually might not have known exactly what it was that called them to go on this journey. They knew because they told Herod that they were looking for the king of the Jews, and they had come to do him homage, to honor him and to swear allegiance to him. But why would they do that? They themselves were not Jews. There was no real need for them to honor the king of the Jews or to swear allegiance to him. It must have been something about that star blazing with its unearthly beauty in the night sky that summoned them from their comfort toward an epiphany of something that they hoped would be even more beautiful than the star itself. They say they want to do homage to him, but the other way to translate that word is worship, such as when the women at the tomb worship the risen Christ at the end of the story. And worship is what these wise men do when they fall down before the child and offer him their gifts. And maybe they've come all this way because they seek someone worthy of their worship worthy of the best gifts they have to offer. And now here we are on this night, this eve of epiphany, and all of you and all of us have come on a long and sometimes hard journey to get to this place on this night. Whether you are faculty or staff or students or family members, no one just happens to be at Virginia Theological Seminary. <laughs> you don't just walk in the door and find yourself here. It takes some effort and some intentionality to be here. It took a long journey to get here for all of us.
And maybe there were times when you heard those voices singing in your ears, saying this was all folly to come on this journey and to be here. Perhaps it's still somewhat of a mystery to you why you came on this journey. But it must have been something about that star, something that blazed so brightly across your heart's sky that all you could do was to leave everything you knew and follow that light, to follow it towards something, towards someone who was worthy of your whole worship, someone worthy of laying all your gifts at their feet. Now, for those of you taking the GOEs tomorrow morning, starting tomorrow morning, you are taking those tests tomorrow morning, if you didn't realize, <laughs> good. This moment, this moment, surprise, yes, it's going to happen tomorrow morning. This eve of epiphany is a moment of arrival. In the text, it says that when the wise men arrived at the house where Jesus was, they were overwhelmed with joy. Now, I don't know if you are overwhelmed <laughs> with joy at this moment or whether it still feels like you're in the midst of a hard and bitter slog through the dead of winter. And maybe the GOEs feel like one more hard step on that journey. But suppose instead you view these exams as an arrival, a moment toward which all your work of these past years has been building, a moment to offer your gifts to Christ. You all, I'm talking to those of you who are taking these tests tomorrow, have so many gifts, gifts that I have come to know so well over these years, gifts that the rest of us are so very proud of. And now I'm here to say, can you trust those gifts and let these exams be an offering of those gifts to Christ? Can these exams even be an act of worship, a way of loving Christ with your whole mind and heart and strength? Now, it's important to notice that there's an alternative presented in this story, a completely different response to the light of Christ. There's King Herod, who when he hears about the child born to be king of the Jews, responds not by wanting to offer him homage and worship, even though he says he's going to, but by wanting to destroy him. And it's no wonder, really, because after all, isn't he, Herod, the king of the Jews? So this child, who the wise men say is born to be king, can be nothing but a threat to him. So in Herod's lust for power, his envy of some other power arising to challenge his own, he can feel nothing but fear, the text tells us. Fear of this ch child, fear of this light. And not only Herod responds with fear, but all of Jerusalem, it says. And so there are many whose envy, whose desire for power, and whose just plain fear lead them to reject the light that has come into the world. But it's important to remember that Herod is not only out there, but in here but here in our own hearts, our own response to the light that has come may be very mixed. And perhaps for us too, there can be envy of other people's gifts or a desire for success 
or power as ends in themselves, or just pain fear of whether we are enough, whether God has given us enough. And all of this can get in the way of our pure worship of the light of Christ, can make us even want to destroy that light. Temptations like these rise up in times of testing, such as those of you who are going to take the GOAs tomorrow are entering into. And the only remedy for those temptations, that envy, that greed, that feeling of not being enough, the only remedy is to keep our eyes steadily focused on the light of Christ, to anchor ourselves in that reality where beauty, truth, and goodness is greater than all fear or doubt, and where there's so much abundance that there's just no reason for envy or greed. Because no matter what the wise men were expecting, the reality they found was so much more. The reality of the Christ child was so much more, far more beautiful, far more awe-inspiring far more real and it was a shining light of love in which they could rest and it was a burning light of truth that changed them so that they went home by another way and now that same light shines forth in this season and we are seen in its light and loved in its light and changed by its light so come to this light of Christ and worship him with all that you have and all that you know and all that you are. That's always been the ultimate purpose of this journey that has brought us to this moment, the journey of all of our lives. So that in the presence of this light in which we now stand, all our lives are seen as gift and our whole purpose is worship. So come, let us adore him.